You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. All right, come with me in your Bibles. The title of my message tonight is Like a Child. Like a Child. You know it's going to be a great night when Morgan Irvin is in the house. I've got to tell you, one of my favorite humans on the planet is Morgan. Probably the saddest thing for me, though, just quietly, is that Morgan, for the first time ever, is not Jesus in our hero. When I found that out, I went to, the, to um, Pastor Summer and Megan said, can I get a refund? And they said, we don't do refunds. I'm like, gosh, darn it. But... Uh, but Morgan, you're just such an amazing human. We just love you. And, and you and your beautiful bride led just a couple of Sundays ago. It was your first Sunday service leading, and it was like they, they were pros. They're just incredible. Anyway, all right, come with me in your Bibles. I believe that God wants to, to minister and touch people tonight. So come with me, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. Chapter 13 is the love chapter, although this doesn't really have anything really to do with love, but it's just a powerful verse. Uh, the Apostle Paul says, When I was a child... I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I even thought as a child. But when I became a man, everyone say man. man. I put away childish things. We're on the brink of our men's conference. 3,000 men are about to have their world rocked down at, uh, at our, our campo at our Emerge Ranch. And, and I was kind of praying. I, I wanted to speak a, a men's message tonight. And I really felt the Holy Spirit just would not let, let me get off the hook of this message like a child. So the Apostle Paul says, you know, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. The Bible says in, in Ephesians 4, it says that when Jesus ascended on high, he took captivity captive and gave gifts to men, some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, till we all come to the maturity of Christ. And so I just need you to understand that in this house, we, we, are, we, are, we don't believe that our job is done when, when someone gets saved. We don't believe that our entire mission is to get people saved. We believe actually that our job begins when people get saved. We believe that we're a discipleship church. We believe that we're an empowerment church. And we believe that what God wants to do is He wants to mature you. He wants to mature you. So what I didn't realize was that when I got saved, I didn't realize how many childish mindsets, how many childish attitudes how many childish concepts were living in me. And so come with me now to uh, the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew eleven twelve is one of my favorite scriptures. It's a kind of a life scripture that the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing since the days of John the Baptist. And the Bible says, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and violent men take it by force. But I want you to come down to verse 16. Jesus is, Jesus is lamenting about his present time. He's lamenting about his culture. And Jesus says, but to what shall I liken this generation? So, so he's looking out at, at the generation. And he says, to what shall I liken this generation? It is like children. Now, remember just before that, he's saying, hey, 
don't stop the little children from coming. Don't stop the little children from worshipping. Don't stop the little children. Unless you become like a little child, you never enter the kingdom of heaven. But now he's, he's speaking and he says, to what shall I liken this generation? How shall I compare it? You know what? It's like little children sitting in the marketplaces, calling to their companions and saying, we played the flute for you and you didn't dance. We mourned for you and you did not lament. It's like little children playing in the marketplaces. So let me give you three quick thoughts and then I want to, I want to pray and minister to people. The first one, point number one is stop behaving like children. First thing we want to do is we've got to stop behaving like children. Jesus, when he, was, when he was looking at his generation, he said, the generation that I'm looking at is like children playing games in the marketplace. The marketplace is a place of transaction. It was a place of negotiation, Pastor Charles. It was a place where deals were negotiated, Jeff. It's a place where deeds and title was transferred. It was a place where power was transferred. It was a place where, where men and women were elected to seats of authority. And he says, while all this is happen, happening, he says, the church are like children. Well, while the world is interacting about land, about buildings, around territory, around title, around deed, around authority. He says they're playing tiddlywinks. They're down there playing marbles. They're playing games in the marketplace. And they said, listen to their rhetoric. They said, we played the flute for you and you did not dance. We mourned to you and you did not lament. The, 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 the church is saying, hey, the world that we look at isn't rejoicing at the things that we're rejoicing in. We rejoice in the sanctity of life. We rejoice in the sanctity of marriage. We rejoice in, in holiness, in righteousness. But the world isn't doing that. And it says, and the things that, that, that we lament, the brokenness, the devastation, the confusion, the perversion, they're not lamenting. We're playing songs that the world's not responding to. We're sending out messages the world is not responding to. And Jesus says that, it's, that the issue is not the world. The issue is your maturity. The issue is the church is not mature. She's behaving like little children. I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a church that is deaf to the world. And I don't, I don't want to be a church that's not influential in the world. The, the, the objective of the house of God is that the house of God is meant to be chief of all the mountains in, in the world. That, that she is meant to be the influencer. We're, we're meant to be the ones who hear from heaven and bring revelation into the earth. I was teaching our, our staff today. I'm working on a message. I haven't completed it yet but it's a message called middleman now I know that people say hey you got to get rid of the middleman hey I'm going to cut out the middleman you know in a business transaction why don't we just cut out the middleman here but I'm not sure if you realize that but Jesus was a middleman did you know that Jesus was a middleman Jesus when they questioned him says hey whoa 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 
He said, I don't speak anything unless I first hear it from my father. In fact, I won't say anything unless I first hear my father say it. Whatever the father says, that's what I speak. If I don't hear the father, I don't say nothing. But whatever the father speaks, I'm the middleman, I deliver. He says, these works that you see, they're not my works. Whatever works I see the father working, that's what I do. I'm the middleman. Moses was a middleman. Moses climbed up to Mount Sinai, heard from heaven. God puts his finger in tablets of stone and he brings down the mitzvah. He brings down the Torah. He brings the But Moses was the delivery boy. He was the middleman. They say, don't shoot the messenger. They didn't just shoot the messenger. They crucified the messenger. Jesus, the highest objective in my life is for me to be the middleman. If I get to heaven and God says, you're a good middleman, I'm going to feel good. Because my job is to not tell you my opinions. My job is to lean into heaven. My job is to not amen the hashtags of the world. The world can hashtag, the world can Ukraine this, and they can hashtag that, and they can BLM this, and they can, they, they can hashtag whatever they like. My objective is to hear from heaven and, and bring to you what heaven is saying. Because what heaven is saying is going to be permanent. They will be down on earth as it is in heaven. So the church needs to be in a place where she not just hears from heaven, but speaks heaven into this world. So point number two is what I call the macro-micro. The macro-micro. I remember when, uh, when my eldest son was in, uh, in preschool, well, in kids' church in, in New Zealand. We're in Manukau, New Zealand, and, and I think Geordie was maybe about 16 months old. And, and they said, hey, listen, we're, we're, we're running short. We're running low on kids' church volunteers. And I said, well, I'll volunteer. So I remember going in, and I thought it was going to be fun. So I thought, honestly, I thought kids' church, this is going to be the, this is going to be the best thing ever. So I get into kids' church, and I'm thinking it's kids' church. I'm thinking, you know, Jesus, unless you become like little children, you know, I'm thinking it's just going to be fun. So I get, I get, I literally get into kids' church, and I look, and you know, they got, you know, they bring out all the boxes, and they got toys, and they got games and stuff in there. And I see this, you know, this, 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 this little girl playing with these toys, and then I see this, you know, she was like maybe two. Well, I see this four-year-old walk over, and push her and take the toys. And I'm like, what the jack? And uh, I'm like, hey, you know, and, and I you know, get the toys and I bring. And then the next minute, my son, Jordan, is crying. And I look over and there's a girl. He was like 16 months old. And there's a, this, this three-year-old girl with her teeth in his arm and drew blood. She's biting him. And I lost it. I grabbed her and said, if you ever do that again. So help me, I'll spank you. And she's crying. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to get arrested. And then there was this one little thug kid. This one little, he was like this, this Polynesian. He was like, you know, he was like six foot four at three. You know, he was just like this. He was built like a little robust tank. He was like a tank with legs. And he would, he would literally just walk over to kids and just go, and just push him over, and just push him over. And I had to grab him, stop pushing kids over. And he's like looking at me, he's like bully, little bully. And then, I, then before I knew, I look over and there's a little kid eating Play-Doh. 
And I'm slapping out there, you can't eat the Play-Doh. It's, you make, you don't eat it. But So we had to ban the little tyke from Play-Doh because he kept eating the Play-Doh. Then I look over here and there's this, this, this sweet little, just like in the corner, not harming anybody, not hurting anybody, but he's got the blocks and he's, and he's building a little tower out of blocks. And I'm like, oh, wow. Look at that tower he's built. And he's working so hard and he's getting the, you know, he's balancing it. And then I watched the little, the little Polynesian kid walk over and just, and just knock, knock the whole thing down. So I get back to Leanne and Leanne's like, how was it in kids' church? I said, man, it was chaos. And then the Holy Spirit said, it's the same as the world. It's exactly the same as the world. People will steal from you. People will bully you. People will knock down anything you're building. You're doing well, they'll knock you down. So who do you think you are? They'll knock you down. People ingesting stuff that's not good for them. <laughs> that only makes them sick. That only harms their lives. That, des- that destroys their lives. Bullies, thugs. People knocking stuff over, people taking a bite out of other people. And then I began to realize, OMG. Like, you know, and then, you know, I didn't grow up in church. So I remember, you know, I got saved when I was 18. But I remember just before I got saved being in the bars. And I thought, Oh, my gosh. When you're in a bar, it's the same as preschool. (laughs) It's the same as kids' church. Like, if if you go to a preschool, there's always someone running around who have taken their pants off. It's the same as a bar. It's the same as a bar. There's always someone making noise. There's always someone making noise. There's someone crying. She used to be my best friend. But not anymore. And it's like, there's always a thug. You're standing where I was standing. And then I began to realize, OMG, how many of us, unlike Paul, still think as a child, reason as a child, behave like a child. What I began to realize is we're in a series called The Future is Family. But I began to realize that, man, we got kind of got jacked up. Because, you know, we, we live in California. And California is like, no, no, we don't spank our children. No, no, what we do with our children is we, we put them in time out. Time out, really, time out. Yeah, no, you don't want to spank your child because what you do when you spank them is you shut down their, like, expression. (laughs) And it's so important that their individuality and their expressiveness, that we don't shut it down because violence begets violence. (laughs) He's on a roof with a gun just expressing himself. When you put a child in timeout, all you do is say, listen, you got caught this time. I'm putting you in timeout to 
Think through how you can get away with this crime next time. Now, let me be honest. Let me be honest right now. Let me be honest. I want to be honest with you. Pain is the greatest teacher. Pain is the greatest teacher. God put so many beautiful nerve endings right here. The things that the things that hurt me the most have taught me the most. The first house we ever built, we trusted a guy who, when I look back now, I'm thinking, what was I thinking? But he was a Christian. He was a Christian. He'd never build a home. He'd never project manage a home. But he went to church and he had a cross around his neck. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a sign. He's got a gold necklace with a cross. I can give him all my money. I, he doesn't need to have any experience in building. He doesn't need to have any experience in project managing. I can give him my money. Where's he gone? Why did he leave? Oh, he would have left all our money. No, he took it with him. Um, my wife is pregnant with baby number two, and he's run off with all the money. We have an unfinished house. Under pressure. Bum, ba, da, 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 bum, bum. Bum, ba, da, bum, bum, ba, da, da. It was like, it was unbelievable. But the pain of that. I remember one of, the, one of the, the jealous pastors in the church said, well, I bet you'll never build a house again. I said, I'd be an idiot not to. I said, I just learned the hard way how not to do it, how never to do it again. First chance I get, I'm going to buy another piece of property. I'm going to build, but I'm going to trust a jack wagon that has no credentials and no integrity and no history in it. I've got to tell you some of the greatest lessons I learned, I learned through pain. Now, let me just say for the people that are kind of in the anti-spanking thing, and I love that you're smarter than Jesus. I love that. Honestly, I respect that. It's, 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 a, it's a very respectable commodity. Even though the Bible says, blows that hurt, cleanse away evil, just forget that. Even though the Bible says, spare the rod, spoil the child, you're so much smarter. Let me just tell you, just thought, that spanking your child doesn't have to be violent. I believe that all, you know, spanking is violence and violence begets violence. There's a power principle at play where whenever our, our children would misbehave, the greatest thing we could do them was teach them that there was a consequence that, that had a sting to it to tell their brain this option, yeah, probably not a good option. Even though it looks pleasurable, even though it looks good, the end result is a painful result. So there were many, many times where my children would act up and Leanne and I had a deal where we never spank out of anger. We never spank out of emotion because spanking is not a response or a reaction. It's proactive and it's corrective. So many, many times when Jordan, Ash, Tommy would misbehave, Leanne would say, wait till your father gets home. Many times they would beg mama. No, do it now. They'd even pull down their little pants. Just spank now. 
But she's like, oh, no, 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 wait till. And when I got home, and I, we used to love the drama. We used to ham it up, Morgan. I go, they did what? Oh, I can't believe. I'm sorry, Daddy. We'd, I'd walk over it and the second drawer was the one where they had the wooden spoon. Don't do it, Daddy. Pull them aside. Pull it. I don't want it, but I don't want it. I don't have to put the time. Ah! Now, the truth is, there was a few times where I didn't hit them hard enough, and they're like, ah! Ah! and they realize, hang on, whoa, that's it? That's it? I think I could do that little sin again. So I began to realize it had to have a little bit of a little bit of a sting to it. But we would we would then hold them, hug them, love them, pray with them. Tell you what we never did. We never said to our children, you're a bad kid. You're a naughty boy. We said, you're a good kid. You're a wonderful child. What you did was wrong. What you did was naughty. But that's not who you are. The behavior was naughty. And there was enough pain to bring correction. The reason I I bring all of that up is because I've been a pastor for over 30 years. It is unbelievable how many times I'm pastoring 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds that behave like 3-year-olds, 4-year-olds, 5-year-olds, 8-year-olds because there was no one there to lovingly discipline them and teach them. Paul says, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I acted like a child, I behaved like, but when I became mature, I put away childish things. The Bible says that those who the Lord loves, He corrects. Those who He chastises. I I, I don't like correction. I don't like it. It's not comfortable. But David wrote this in the Psalms. He said, let the righteous strike me. It shall be a kindness. Let my head not refuse it. It is like the precious anointing oil. I got to tell you, in my life, the greatest building blocks and the greatest promotional moments in my life haven't come through successes. I was playing with a professional golfer today and he was saying how winning tournaments didn't teach him anything. He said, but every time he lost was the greatest moments of learning, the pain of loss. David said, let the righteous strike me, it shall be a kindness. Let my head not refuse it. It is like the precious anointing oil. And David remembers when Samuel came in and broke open the the flask of oil and poured oil on the head of David and prophesied that you're going to be king. David said correction is exactly the same as that moment of prophetic promotion. Because we're a discipleship church, believe it or not, if you can embrace pain, if you can lean into accountability, if you can lean into an environment where somebody can lovingly, love, I'm not talking about abuse, I'm talking about lovingly, tell you things that you don't want to hear, but you need to hear. 
tell you things that, hey, I love you, but this is a ceiling over your life. This is keeping you from being everything you can be. The reason we have 60, literally 60 groups of 50 men at Emerge is why, why not just have a big crowd? Because it's, it's not about a crowd. It's not about gathering a crowd. It's not about any of that. But it's about discipleship and empowerment. And when you've got 50 men sitting around a fire, eating tri-tip, and it's going to be amazing. We've got tomahawk steaks and ribeye and like God is just good. I mean, God is good. But people sitting around a fire after hearing a session, I'm telling you, Bishop Dale Bryan and Tracy Armstrong, Rex Crane, are you kidding me? Charlie Kirk, are you kidding me? It's going to be off the chain. But responding to the message, leaning in, men confessing their weakness, confessing their struggles. Every man needs somebody in their life who will challenge them. Tiger Woods was the greatest golfer in the world and he had a swing coach who would say, hey, actually, you need to, the plane of your swing needs to come back. He's the greatest golfer in the world. And yet Butch Harmon was his swing coach. So many people, this is for golf. This is for hitting a little white ball. So many people go through life trying to believe the lie that they can go their own way, that they, that they I did it my way. They could, you need other people. You need other people in your life. So my last point is what I call remove the weeds. Remove the weeds. See, the reason that we need to discipline our children and the reason that you and I need to be in a discipleship environment is because even we, we think, oh my gosh, that little baby just came straight from heaven and he or she may have come straight from heaven. But every single human being is born with what the Bible says, a sinful nature, a sinful bent. The greatest way I can describe it is every single child was born with weeds. And those weeds unkempt, those weeds left to themselves will choke the potential. There's nothing worse than a child that has never been corrected, that misbehaves. No one invites them to parties. No one invites them. And it's actually an evil thing. Well, I just want to be my child's best friend. Well, why don't you be their parent first? And then you'll find through that parenting that they will become your friend. Jesus said to the disciples, no longer do I call you servants. Now I call you friends. But they had to go through that transition. It's very Don't try to bypass that. The greatest thing that we can do for people is help them remove the weeds. Help them pull out the weeds. Every single one of us were born with weeds, born with bents, born with things that choke potential, choke destiny, choke greatness. Who have you given permission to in your life to pull weeds? Who have you given permission in your life to go in to the very, very deep recesses of your heart? Let, let me finish with, with this. Many, many years ago when I was living in New Zealand, we had a beautiful man of God come through and he had an incredible, like incredible move of God. And uh, he was praying for people. In fact, the whole front row is praying for them. Everyone's going out under the power of God and pray for me and I hit the deck and I'm laying there under the anointing. And the Holy Spirit asked me a question. And it was the weirdest question. He said to me, Jürgen, what's growing in your garden? 
And I'm like, trees? And then he, he made it very, very clear that he wasn't talking about my garden at home. He was talking about the garden of my heart. And as he began to show me my heart, if I was honest with you, there were these wonderful little secret sins that nobody knew about. That I'm like, well, I'm not really hurting anybody. It's not really harming anybody. But they're mine. They're my precious. And they're filthy little hobbits. They which kills them. Yes, no, no, master's good. Master, no, which kills them. And we takes the precious. Yes. And, and I'm like, holy shnikey. And he began to show me, literally, the next question, after he asked me what was growing in your garden, he said, do you really want to reap the harvest of those things that you've allowed to be planted? And I realized, oh, M goodness. I need to do some weeding. And if I was honest with you, I tried to weed a lot of the stuff myself. And then I realized, no, no, I actually have to go and confess some of this stuff to my pastor who then, he, he laughed. I can't believe he laughed. But he laughed. <laughs> and then he, okay, all right, I'll take it. And then he began to pray with me. And then he began to weed. But I'm telling you, if I let that stuff grow, I may not be married to Liani anymore. I, I definitely wouldn't be on this platform anymore. I definitely wouldn't be the leader or the role model to my kids anymore. But it was a moment in the Holy Spirit where he said, look what's growing in your garden. Do you want the harvest of that? You need to let somebody come in and help weed that. Paul says, when I was a child, I thought as a child. I acted like a child. But when I became mature, believe it or not, maturity only happens in the body of Christ. You can't mature by yourself. In fact, let me just tell you, getting hurt, wounded, offended, and let down in church is actually part of your maturing. Because Jesus hung on a cross to forgive people. When the Romans were gambling for his garments, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You would say, all right, hang on. Whoa, whoa, Jesus, enough now, enough now. They just nailed you to a cross. They're in front of you gambling for your jacket. Spit on them. But Jesus, didn't, Jesus said, I didn't come this far to now move into un the whole reason I'm on this cross is to forgive the sin and the transgression of the world. Do you know how many Christians don't forgive? God will intentionally have me preach something, have Pastor John preach something, Pastor Jeff, Pastor Becky, Pastor Claude, preach something that offends you. Someone will not say hello to you. They'll leave you off a music roster. They will walk, but they'll bump you. They'll sit in your seat. <laughs> Intentionally. So that you can learn forgiveness. You are never more like God when you forgive. And you're never more like a child when you won't forgive and you won't share and you push and you burn. Come on, let's stand to our feet.
Lift your hands to heaven. When I was a child, I thought as a child. I acted like a child, I behaved, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. The reason it's important to move from childhood into adulthood is because Jesus says, when I look at this generation, what do I like? It's like children in the marketplace. Transactions are happening above their heads. While they're playing games, while they're caught up in childish thoughts and childish pursuits, land, titles, deeds, positions, authorities are being exchanged and they miss out. We want to disciple a church that isn't childish, missing out. We want to raise a church that doesn't play games in the marketplace, but enters into the marketplace where it transacts, it negotiates. We want to raise up men and women that have title deeds, that have authority, that have territory. We want to raise up mayors. We want to raise up governors. We want to raise up supervisors, county supervisors. We want to raise up leaders. We want to raise up influencers. We want to raise up entrepreneurs, business owners, marketplace influencers, marketplace people. But it comes with maturity. And how does that maturity happen? It happens here. happens in the body of Christ. If you're not in a connect group, get in a connect group. If you're not going to emerge, get yourself to emerge. Get yourself on a team. Heavenly Father, I thank you tonight. Thank you tonight. The power of God falls in this house. I thank you, Lord God, for a shift. I thank you, Lord God, for breakthroughs. I thank you, Lord God, for a weeding that is taking place. Let me just ask this question. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus tonight, would you surrender to Jesus? If you're away from God, would you come back? And if you're far from God, would you allow Him to draw you close? So while every head is bowed, every eye closed, if you're saying, hey, I'm away from Jesus, but I need to come back. If you're saying, hey, I've never surrendered, but tonight I need to surrender. If you're here tonight saying, man, I, I need to come close to God. Well, every head is bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, would you give me a wave of your hand? Say, Pastor, if that's me, and I'll see your hand, and I'll pray for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Who else is there? Thank you through there. Thank you through there. Thank you through there. Thank you through there. Who else is there? Thank you over there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Beautiful. I see your hand. Thank you over there. Thank you over there. I see that hand. Is there anybody else? Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you, young man. I see that hand. Thank you up there, sir. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you up there. I see that hand. Thank you over there. I see that hand. Thank you in the front. I see that hand. So many hands. So many hands. Would you Would you do this? I, I know that we're, we're coming really close to the end of this service. and I'm, I promise you I'm going to dismiss and hand back to Pastor Jeffrey in a, in a second. But those of you that raise their hands, I, I want to pray for you. I just feel such a strong anointing here. I'd love to pray for you personally and make this a powerful night. So if you raise your hand, I want you to grab someone that you're with and find the aisle closest to you and come and meet me down here. Or if you are with someone that raised their hand, would you bring them? And if you brought someone that needed to raise their hand, would you bring them? Come on, let's put our hands together on the back, on the sides and in the front there. Come on, let's put our hands together as they come.
Come on, how beautiful is this? God bless you, sweetheart. I love your shirt. Look at all those colors. Look how lovely you are. Hello, look how beautiful you are. With a flower, you look like a Hawaiian princess. Oh, you come from Hawaii? Aloha. You are so beautiful. God bless you. So proud of you. So proud of you. The touch, there's a touch of God on you. Just close your eyes. There's a touch of God on you. Touch of God on you. Touch of God on you. Here's what I see. Here's what the Holy Spirit's showing me. There's a power and a creativity in you that the devil knows if it gets tethered to the things of God will destroy his kingdom. So he's tried everything to try to seduce you, to try to own you, to try to buy you, to try and chain you. But God would say to you, son, it's the devil's hold has failed. You are God's child and he's going to do great things with you, in you, through you, but most importantly, for you. And I just feel just you're going to, in fact, you are going to feel the incredible love of God like you've never felt. I'm telling you, there's no drug on the earth and there's no human on the earth that can substitute the the love of God and you're going to experience it. Look at you, sweetheart. What's your name, Lauren? Lauren, you probably have one of the loveliest smiles in the world, Lauren. How old are you? 16. I was 16. I loved being 16. If I could turn back, if I could go back, I'm telling you, but how wonderful. Look at your cool jeans. and I'm so proud of you, Lauren. God's, God's hand is on you, sweetheart. He's going to do great things with you and through you too, darling. What's your name? Are you friends with Lauren? Do you know her? You are? How old are you? You're 16 as well? Come on. Who's older? How many months? Three months older. Okay. Does she respect you that you're older? You need to work on that, Kira. No, just kidding. Just kidding. You're sweet. You're so beautiful, Kira. What a lovely young lady. God's got great things. Zach, nice to meet you, Zach. God bless you. Zach's a Bible name. You don't find Jürgen in the Bible. Jürgen sounds like someone throwing up after bad curry. Brandon. Brandon, nice to meet you, Brandon. God bless you. I like this. Did you grow that just for Emerge? Come on, I'm so proud of you, man. Noah, come on. That's a good name. Comfort and hope. Lashana, look how lovely you are. Here's what the Holy Spirit, as soon as I held your hand, God told me there's generations praying for you. There's generations of faith. There's generations of strength. That God has got a, God has got a plan for you. As soon as I put my hand to your hand, I saw there's generations that have gone through all kinds of hell and back, but never lost their faith. And that faith has been passed on to you. You're a woman of God. You're a woman of influence. In fact, you've got incredible vocal cords. I see you singing. I see you singing and bringing glory to God. You're a magnificent woman. Wow. God bless you. Wow. Say it again. Fallon, nice to meet you. What a cool name. How come you get a cool name and I get Jürgen? That's not fair. Sadie, nice to Sadie, nice to meet you, Sadie. Come on, that's an Australian band. Did you know that? ACDC? Did you know that? In Australia, we call them Akadaka. Is that true? Akadaka. That's what we call them. 
Is he your friend? Come on, nice to meet you. God, he's a good man. That's your son? What? You got a good son. You got a good dad. You chose well. Come on. What's your name? Beautiful. Ashley, nice to meet you. Come on, can we give these beautiful people a great round of applause? Wow, you guys are amazing. Did I shake your hand? I did shake your hand. Tell me again. Ben, nice to meet you, Ben. With a, ben with an awesome beard. I tried to grow one. I tried to. I tried, but I, it just got itchy, and then I looked like homeless. And I'm like, no, I'm going to push through. Dr. Matt's like, dude, oh, dude, lions have got a mane. So I'm like, I'm going to push through. And then Leanne's like, ooh, don't kiss me. Don't cuddle me. You're all itchy. I'm like, well, I'm shaving it off. No kisses, no beard. It just finishes there. Come on. Holy Spirit's telling me about you. Secrets in the heart. God's going to rewrite them. There are things the devil says, have these secrets in your heart. Pursue this. But it's end is death. I see God with a pen. He's rewriting the secrets of your heart. And it leads to life. It leads to gates. It leads to paradise. It leads to blessing. Don't fear, don't fear. God is with you. And His mighty hand is delivering you. Mighty hand is delivering you. Just the most beautiful people. Look at you. Look at your beautiful smile. If we put that on a billboard and said, this is what Jesus does, everybody in San Diego would come to Christ. You are the queen. That's true. Amen. Come on, can we say a prayer with these beautiful people? Come on, can we do that? Come on, let's all say these words out loud. Say, dear Heavenly Father. I want to say thank you for loving me so much. You sent Jesus, your only son, on a rescue mission into this earth to save my life. Lord Jesus, thank you that when you hung on the cross, you took all the punishment that my sins deserved. And you died in my place so that I could have everlasting life, so that I could be forgiven, that I could be washed clean. And I thank you that today I am your child. Heaven is my home. God is my father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.